Get your Bibles and open them to the book of Mark chapter 10. And I am going to begin reading in verse number 46. And before I read, I want to preface my remarks tonight by it's strange and unique how God uh, deals with us and how God puts uh, in our heart things that uh, are, are for our good. And this particular message, this particular message, the, the, the thought came to me the other night in the middle of the night in my sleep. I don't remember ever, maybe I have, but I don't remember at least not in recent times, where I actually dreamed that I preached all night. I was so tired when I got up Monday morning. No, I'm just kidding. But literally, all night long, all night long, the words of our text and the thoughts that I'm going to share with you roll over in my mind, and I hope that I can give it to you the way that God gave it to me and feel what I felt. Uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse number 46, and it reads like this. And they came to Jericho, and as he was, and as he went out of Jericho, with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him. You know, it's amazing. People are so fickle. The same people that just a few seconds before had been telling to shut up. All of a sudden... Now they're encouraging him, saying, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I want to draw out a verse uh, number 46, a portion, and use it for my title tonight. And you may title it something else, but... I want to pull out the last portion of verse 46. It said, 
that Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. And my subject tonight is sitting by the side of the road. Change very seldom ever comes easy. Very seldom in life do we make changes or experience changes without there being a certain amount of discomfort and a certain amount of um, uh, pressure. As a matter of fact, there are three motivators for change. One of them is pain. When a person hurts bad enough that they know they have to change, that becomes a motivator for some people to change. It's not, as one person said, it's, it's not always in seeing the light that gets us going but feeling the heat. And when things get bad enough and we hurt bad enough and life is miserable enough, then we get up and we decide it's time to change. Then there is the motivator of pressure. When you walk into a doctor's office and he pulls out the x-rays or he looks at your blood pressure and he checks your heart rate and he said you're going to have to lose some weight or you're going to die. You're going to have to Learn to curb your appetite or you're, you're going to die. You're going to not have a future if you don't do something. Then we feel that pressure. A loved one steps up and says, I'm not living in this anymore. And we feel that pressure. And many times that is the motivator for change. The problem with pressure being a change element is that at some point, that pressure will be alleviated and we go right back to what we were. The best thing to use as a motivator is not pain or is it pressure, but it is perspective. It's when you know enough that you want to change. When you learn enough that you realize that there's a better life that I can be a better person. When you see the big picture and you're inspired by that vision of that man or that woman or that home or that family or that life that I could have, that is the best motivator of all. But one of those three things is going to happen to you in your life. And it's going to be the thing that pushes you. The question is, will it, Push us far enough. Sometimes life can feel like quicksand. And by that I mean that it's like a bog or a quagmire. You're in it and it's difficult and it's unpleasant and it's messy and it's exhausting. And you feel like at times you're about to sink. There's nothing stable under you. There's nothing that seems to hold you up. When you're in that kind of condition or in that place, progress is often limited and 
motivation or, or, or movement is almost impossible, if not impossible. Life sometimes even seems like that baggage carousel that you see at the airport. Uh, it's moving and it seems like it's going somewhere, but if you stay there long enough, it's going to come right back around to the place that it started. And a lot of people's lives are like that. It's moving, things are happening, but they wind up at the same place. In life, we call that a rut. Amen. In life, we call that a rut. And a rut, is a way or a course of life that is narrow, that is lacking in progress, that is tiring, that is dull. It speaks of times when we are stuck and we cannot move or make progress. We get mired in situations. We get mired in problems or we get mired in an attitude I, it's amazing that, that as as a pastor that many times if if and you know you hear me say this a lot but i'm telling you tonight that many times the problem is not a person's problem the problem is their attitude They wake up mad and then they wonder why the rest of the day doesn't go right. Come to church mad and wonder why somebody ticks you off. Come home mad and you wonder why your wife or your dog doesn't treat you right. We get mired in attitudes that, that, that literally are like quicksand. And they just keep sucking us down and into a place where if we're not careful, we will die. Sometimes people get mired in a mindset. They get mired in what we call, when I was a kid, a loser's limp. You ever been around anybody that had a loser's limp mentality? Oh, oh man, my back just went out. Instead of facing up to the fact that you're 56 years old and you can't do what you could do when you was 21. Yeah. Well, I'm going to inspire some of you tonight. I can tell that already. In truth, this is what God spoke to me in the middle of the night. A rut is really just a low place in life. It's a place that is depressing. It's discouraging. It's difficult. And it can even become deadly. Now, I don't want you to be confused. I'm not talking about routine. When I talk about a rut, I'm not talking about routine. Routine is, there's nothing wrong with having a routine. Our life needs a routine. If you don't have a routine, uh, most people wouldn't want to live with you because uh, they never know what to expect. We like that kind of of security, but an, a rut. A rut de denotes something that's tedious, something that's laborious, it's dreary, it's monotonous. It's when the same thing continues day after day after day and it never changes.
That, my friend, is a rut. And a rut, as many of you probably know, can be a really rough stretch of life. It can be one of the most difficult because it's hard to navigate. I read somewhere that in Canada, when the ice and the snow begin to fall, there are signs that they put up in some areas where uh, it, it becomes so uh, cold and, and the, the, the ground becomes so frozen that the, the ruts freeze over. And the sign said, choose your rut carefully because you will be in it for the next 20 miles. And so in life, we get in those places and it seems like we're never going to get out of them. And they're rough, they're difficult to navigate they're limiting it's frustrating and certainly it is discouraging and the great news is that everybody in this building at some time or other in your life is going to find yourself in a rut i don't care if you do talk in tongues three times a day you're going to find yourself in a place where you're not really growing or you're not you're not your life is not developing it or, or your family gets stuck or your, your, your mindset gets stuck in this cycle of negative and repetitive failure. A lot of people's lives get stuck in the same old habits and they, they, they get away from them for a while and then they come right back to them. Just like that baggage carousel, it may go outside for a moment, but it's not going to be long. It's going to be right back where it started. And that's, for a lot of people, it's just that vicious cycle of going round. They have a few good days and then they have several bad days. They have a few more good days and then they have a few bad days. They have a few more good days and then they have a bad week. And life just keeps going like that. It keeps going like that. And so the thing I want to talk to you tonight about is uh, how to get out of that. How, how to get out of a rut. How to get off the side of the road. A rut <clears throat> uh, will never go away by itself. You have to deal with ruts in your life. Ruts, as a matter of fact, do not tend to go away. They usually just get deeper. And so you have to know how to get out of one. The scripture that I read to you tonight introduces us to a man by the name of Bartimaeus. And this is what I thought was so interesting. His life is described for us in very simple but stark clarity. Three things that are mentioned about his life that describe his life. He is blind. He is begging and he is pitied. That describes the scope of Bartimaeus' life. He was blind, which means, and you can only imagine the implications that that had on him. He was dependent on other people. He could not stand on his own, or, or at least he could not operate on his own. He was pitied by people who came by. That's how he lived. He sat by the roadside begging. And these are the things that tell about him. But the most revelatory statement that is made about him is the last thing that is mentioned. 
And it doesn't tell about him, but it defines where his life was. And the Bible said he sat by the highway side begging. Imagine your life defined in those terms. Sitting by the side of the road. Great talent, great potential, great possibilities, great skills, great opportunities. But sitting by the side of the road. Have you ever felt like that? More than that, have you perhaps... Or maybe I should ask like this. Do you feel like you might be there tonight? Sitting on the side of the road. That's, that's where you are in life. Life is moving. People are coming and going. But there you sit. A lot of things are changing around you, but you're not changing. A lot of things are improving around you, but you're not improving. A lot of things are getting better, but you're not getting better. Just sitting by the side of the road. Sitting by the side of the road. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about those stuck places of life and what we can do to get out of it. And it's a simple story of a blind man, but in that story are the keys of how to get out of a rut. And I'll tell you how the message came to me. I was trying to go to sleep the other night. We have a memory foam mattress. And evidently it has developed too much of a memory. And I got in my normal place and I started drifting off to sleep. And somewhere in the middle of the night, I realized I was hurting. My back was hurting. And so I squirmed around. I moved my head trying to get in that comfortable place, but it didn't matter how I moved. It didn't matter how I turned. It didn't matter if I puffed up the pillow. I still could not get comfortable. My back hurt, and after sleep was just almost impossible. You know, you're in that in-and-out state. I'm trying to adjust my body, but nothing helped until I actually scooted over toward the middle of the bed and went subconsciously when I did my hand fell into that rut I had been laying in by the way honey we need to turn our mattress when we get home and while my hand is laying on that rut God began to talk to me and said that's where a lot of my people are they're uncomfortable they don't like it their life hurts it's miserable for them. They, they, they can't seem to comprehend in the fog of, of all that's going on around them trying to figure out why am I feeling this way or why are things like they are and sleep doesn't come and you make adjustments but adjustments don't do the trick. They feel bad and they know that it's not right. And subconsciously I knew when I was laying there that something was not right. But I couldn't put my finger on it. And God said, that's where some of my people are. They're in that kind of condition. We get stuck in places sometimes. We get stuck in problems. We get stuck in hurts. 
we get stuck in mistakes. We get stuck in failures and we don't like it, but we don't know how to get out of it. It's miserable. It's uncomfortable, but no matter how you adjust, it doesn't help. And I discovered that it wasn't until I changed. It wasn't until I made a definite change that I began to feel the comfort and the sleep that I needed for that night. And the only way to fix the problems in my life when I get in a rut is to change. I don't care how many adjustments you make. Adjustments are not the solution. Turning the mattress is the solution. And ever so often you have to rotate it one turn. Because it does develop a memory. And life is like that. There's just something about living and the repetition of living and getting up in the morning and going to sleep at night, working in the daytime, doing all the things that life gets that rut. And we get in that place where there's nothing. We're not sinning. We're not doing anything horrible. We just know that deep down inside something's not right. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not what I need to be. I can do better than this. I am better than this. And it doesn't matter who you are. Somewhere along life's way, you're going to find yourself in that kind of situation. So let me begin by saying this. I want to clarify what not to do to get out of a rut. All right? If you do this, or you do any of these things, I promise you, you will never get out of your rut. Number one, stop waiting for somebody to rescue you from your problem. Stop waiting on somebody to come to your rescue. How many of us Always are looking for somebody else to help us when the truth is we need to help ourselves. Others can help, but the only one who can change my life is me. If you want out of the rut, there is no one that can do it for you and there's no one that can stop you from doing it if you want out. And you got to stop waiting on somebody to rescue. Number two, you got to stop looking in the wrong places. You got to quit looking in the wrong places. Number three, you've got to stop feeling sorry for yourself because life is rough and it is not fair sometimes, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It may be a rough stretch of road, but that doesn't mean that's going to be the rest of your life. You have a choice. And you can do something about it. See what you do and see what you can do when you get up and make up your mind. I am stopping tonight feeling sorry for myself because of what's wrong in my life. Because feeling sorry for myself is not helping my problem in the least. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. You know what the truth is? I'm really the only problem I have. It's not about my life. 
I've heard people say, my life is so miserable. My life is so unhappy. My life is so unfulfilling. You know what I've learned? My life is not the problem. It's me in my life that's the problem. And I have to stop trying to uh, manufacture enough sympathy in life so that somebody will come and pat me on the back and say, Oh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be better. Number four, you got to stop hoping for a solution and start creating one. Hope is a wonderful thing, but hope ain't going to get the job done, folks. Cross your fingers all you want to cross them. I could only imagine while I was in the, in my sleep, I, I, I could only imagine what, what could have gone through Bartimaeus' mind while he sat there on the side of the road. Uh, I, I hope he sees me. I, I, I hope he realizes I'm over here. I hope he looks my way. Maybe, maybe he'll come my way. You know what? Sitting on a couch and praying God will give you a job. God's not going to walk in your house and snatch you off your couch and give you a job. you got to get up and go out and seek a job. Well, I sent out all kind of resumes. Send yourself. Stop. Hoping for a solution. There are people, Pentecostal people, tongue-talking people, Jesus-name-baptized people, people that are sitting on these pews tonight playing the lottery. I don't mean literally. Maybe you are, but playing the lottery of life. Got my fingers crossed. I'm just hoping... Hope ain't going to fix your problems. Hope ain't going to pay your bills. Hope won't fix your marriage. Hope won't give you joy. Hope won't give you fulfillment. And it certainly won't give you meaning in life. This man made a commotion. This man got tired of sitting on the highway of life while everybody else was passing him by. And he decided to quit hoping for a solution and start creating one. All right, I better hurry on. Some of you feel like you need to know what's next, and I'm going to tell you. Let's talk about a man, a blind man, a handicapped man that teaches us how to get out of a rut and off the side of the road. First, and perhaps foremost, perhaps the most important thing about the story is what the scripture says. And when he heard, it was Jesus. Everybody say, when he heard. When he heard, it was Jesus. The number one responsibility, the, the most important principle of all, is that if you're going to get out of a rut and own with your life, and you're going to get in that better place, you have got to assume responsibility for your own life. When he heard a handicapped man sitting on the side of the road 
recognized. When he heard, the Bible said, he, 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 he began to cry. He didn't wait on somebody else. He wasn't pulling somebody else's coattail and saying, pray for me. He wasn't saying, mama, will you help me? Daddy, will you help me? He realized that if I'm going to get out of this mess, I've got to assume some responsibility and get up and do something and open my mouth myself. You can be an excuser in life where all you do is go through life trying to make excuses for what's not right. Or you can be an accuser where you're pointing fingers at your past and your parents and your all that garbage that we like to blame. Or you can be a chooser and you figure out who gets the best end. He had to assume responsibility. And when he heard, he recognized. The Bible said he opened his mouth and he began to make some noise. You're not passing me by. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what they say. I need some help today. I need something right now, tonight in this place. And he opened his mouth. We can do and we often do blame others, our genes, our temperament, our parents, whatever else you want to call. But getting out of a rut begins when you and I quit making excuses and assume responsibility. That if anything's going to change, I am going to have to be an initiator in my life. I'm going to have to get up off of my chair, my pew, and do something. Number two, this man recognized the time of his opportunity. And I, I cannot even stress to you how urgently I need to say this to you. He recognized his time of opportunity. The Bible said, and when he heard, the word heard implies recognition. There was something about that name Jesus that rang a bell. It caused something to go off, an alarm to, to, to cry out in his spirit. Hey, this, this is not just another man. This isn't just my neighbor. This isn't just some other freak from another town. This is Jesus. This is the water walker. This is the deaf ear unstopper. This is the one who raises the dead. This is the one who opens blind eyes. And when he recognized who it was, he realized that now is my time of opportunity. If anybody can help me, Jesus can help me. A lot of people are going to come through our lives and pass through. But when Jesus came, he believed what he heard. You had, I want to ask you tonight, do you hear right now what is passing your way? Do you hear anything about what's coming into your life at this very moment? Do you realize what kind of opportunity God has given to all of us tonight? It's here. He recognized that moment of opportunity. The Bible said in Genesis that my spirit shall not always strive with man. That means God's not always going to argue with us. God's not always going to be pulling on us. Number three, you've got to stop worrying about what other people are going to say about you. 
You've got to quit worrying about what somebody's going to think. If there's anything that holds people trapped in life more than anything else, it's what people might think about them or what people might say. I've had people in our church, I've had backsliders tell me, Brother Hughes, I would come back, but I just don't, I, people, what, they're going to think, they're going to see me come down and they're going to, they're going to remember everything I've done. You know what? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody's saying. Anybody can say anything they want to say. The only thing that really matters is what Jesus Christ will say to my life and what he will speak into my life and that alone is supreme in my mind and everyone that gets out of their rut has got to forget about what somebody's going to say about it you have to get beyond what they think you got to be careful listen to me be careful of the people you listen to be careful of the people because at one moment there were people telling him to shut up. At one moment there were people telling him to be quiet. At one moment they were telling him it's not going to make a difference. At one moment they were saying, hey bud, you're blind. Get used to it. Live with it. Grow up. Quit sucking your thumb. But Bartimaeus realized that this is more than just a chance. This is my opportunity. If you're not careful, you will allow somebody else's negativism to steal your victory. I've seen it happen in our services. I've seen one sour spirit affect a lot of other people. You know what you got to, if you want out of a rut, you got to make up your mind. You know what? I don't care how negative you are. I don't care how mad you get. I don't care how, how stuffy you are. I, I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what's happening. I need a miracle. And he's going to be the one that can help me. My friends haven't been able to help me. All my counselors haven't been able to help me. But I know that Jesus can help me. And that's the one that I need to hear from. And the sad fact is in life that there are more naysayers than they are yaysayers. Oh, there are more naysayers than yesayers. And I said it earlier, people are fickle. The people at one moment that were telling, be quiet, a little while later they were telling, get up, come on, let's go. Why do you want to rely on what somebody's going to say? Don't base your change on what others say or think. Others may say you can't, but you're listening to a preacher tonight and you're listening to another preacher in this scripture that says you can. You can get out of that rut. You can overcome. You can have a better life. You can have a better family. You can have a better marriage. You can have a better future. You can have a better job. If you make up in your mind, I have got to get out of this rut. I'm tired of feeling like I'm sinking and dying all the time. Praise God. Praise God. Number four, you've got to stop waiting for a better circumstance to come along the ideal service well you know what brother Hughes I, I would do it tonight but you know it's really not that lively here tonight I, I would do it brother Hughes but you know I've had a really rough week maybe next Sunday 
Maybe next week, maybe next month. What chance did this man, this one blind man, have against a multitude? There was a, the Bible said there was a multitude that was with Jesus, along with his disciples. You know how noisy people are. I mean, my Lord, we have church on here on Sunday. It gets noisy, but you got a multitude of people. There's noise everywhere. How is a blind man on the side of the road that doesn't even know exactly what side of the road Jesus is on? What kind of chance does he have of getting his attention? And in your mind, there's something that plays on your mind and said, well, you know, it really won't make any difference if I do what the preacher's saying. It won't make any difference if I respond tonight. Listen to me. You have got to understand that Anytime you respond to the move of God, something good is going to happen in your life. And when He is passing by, any move you make is going to be a good move. Too many people are what I would call rut dwellers. But worse than that, they have a rut language, a rut dweller language. How can I get through? Maybe tomorrow, next week, next time, next service. Because they're waiting on the music to be right and, and the atmosphere to be just so. And the truth of the matter is, if he's passing by, it doesn't matter. If there's no music, it doesn't matter. If anybody's shouting or not, it doesn't matter who else might be in the crowd. If he's passing by and you realize that. Number fives, you got to say what you want. Clarify, when Jesus stopped, he called him. The first question that he asked him, what do you want me to do? He didn't say, well, you know, I was thinking that uh, maybe, uh, well, I, I, I was hoping. He, he didn't say, well, you, you know, you know, my neighbor suggested to me. He blurted it out. He said, I want to see. How long has it been since you have really cried out to God and said what you really wanted? I want out of this rut. I want a better life. I want a better home. I want a better situation. I want a better future. I want to be in a better place. Why is it so hard for us to open our mouth and say it? Open your mouth. He said, and I will fill it. What a promise to know that if I will just tell God what I need, He is able to supply that need. Number six, and I'm getting ready to close. Do something bold. Do something bold. He laid aside His cloak. Now to you and I, that doesn't mean anything. But you have to understand that in His day, that cloak identified Him for who He was. He could immediately be recognized as blind. He, no one had to ask, no one had to whisper and say, is he or is he not? His clothing, his cloak, his garment identified him. And when Jesus called him, all of the stigma, 
all of the associations that were tied to that garment. He took it off and he dropped it on the side of the road and he said, you know what? I'm not going to need this anymore. Uh, in my new life, I'm not going to have to have this kind of garment. I, I, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to drag it into my future. I'm not going to drag it into what God wants to do for my life and what He wants to do. I'm not taking it into tomorrow. I'm leaving it here on the side of the road oh God would you help some of us to get that garment off our back and leave it on the side of the road and walk away from it and walk away from it you have to make your move now you have to change locations, not just adjust. You've got to do it now. Not hesitate, not wait for another service. Take hold of it tonight. That Word of God today is the day of salvation and now is the accepted time, Paul wrote. Today is my day to get out. It's my day to get out. It's my day to start moving and start becoming what God says I can become. This is what I want you to take home with you tonight. The resulting blessing of breaking out of his rut for Bartimaeus changed his life forever. You realize that? That Bartimaeus, the blessing that came from him getting out of that rut, getting off the side of the road, was a changed life. A changed life. Think about that. Do you want anything to change in your life tonight? Do you want to get off the side of the road or do you long for more? Is your life stuck right now in some area? You're not getting anywhere? You know there's more? You know there's something better, but... Your life right now is just at the side of the road. I was Bartimaeus. I don't know how long he'd been there. The Bible doesn't even address that. And it doesn't matter how long I've been there, whether it's a week, a month, a day, 10 years, 50 years. Do you hear me? It doesn't matter if you've been on the side of the road for 50 years or 60 years. When he passes by when the presence of the Lord begins to move into your life you can get out of any rut you can get beyond any kind of destructive behavior you can get past any attitude or mindset that's been keeping you bound in a repetitious way of living to where a few good days and then bad days a few good days and then bad days, a few good days, really bad days. Getting out of a rut. I want to know tonight, anybody here, anybody here tonight hungry to get out of a rut in your life? What are you going to do?
I sure hope he looks my way. I sure hope he sees me. I sure hope he knows how bad I need him. I sure hope he knows I want something. I wonder what needs to begin tonight for change to really come in our lives. For me to be a better man. For you to be a better person. To have a better life. To be happy. You know, there's nothing wrong with people being happy in this, in this life. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with us being happy in this life. There's nothing wrong with us feeling fulfilled in this life. There's nothing wrong with us having a sense of satisfaction with what God has done and what God has given us. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of unhappy people. There's a lot of miserable people tonight. A lot of miserable people tonight. There's even people that are in our church that are miserable. How can you think that? Greater life church. And somebody comes to greater life church and they're miserable? They could come to Holy Life Church or Great Life Church and it wouldn't make any difference. Because they either have their fingers crossed or many of the other little things that I mentioned a while ago. Feel sorry for ourselves and we didn't deserve it and life's not fair and, and all that's true. All of it's true. None of it's a lie. But you know what? That doesn't it's never gotten anybody off the side of the road. Never moved anybody into a better place. Never put anybody in a better position. Jesus! 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 Shh! You're making too much noise. You're getting on my nerves. Jesus! The Bible said he cried out a great deal more. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. No wonder Jesus stopped in his tracks. Nothing else had stopped him in his journey to Jerusalem. But one blind begging man sitting on the side of the road that said, I've got to have something. I've got to have a move of God in my life. I'm tired of being in this rut. I'm tired of being brought out here. I'm tired of laying here. I'm tired of life passing me by. I'm tired of everybody else being happy. I'm tired of everybody else singing. I'm tired of everybody else rejoicing. Jesus! 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 Thou Son of David! Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet.